Today's sponsor is Sneakers, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their very cool designs at sneekis.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and at checkout, enter Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order. Also, in the process, you help support independent media. So go do it. Thanks a lot. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Margulis. Bet it all, bet it all. Pull up in a bench or Chanel it all, Chanel it all You peek out with the colors Middle finger stick it up If you ain't never got one for Can't put a hand put it in a bar Then beat it up Wet, wet Up, dude. Welcome to another edition of a Pixel and Roll show. We discuss a team that has to beat the Philadelphia 76ers, your Washington Wizards. Hello, everyone. This is Adam McGinnis. It is January 13th, 2017. This is part two of my conversation with Troy Halliburton. Go check out part one that's already up. We discussed the last four games of the Washington Wizards on this podcast it is continuation of our conversation where we go into a more macro discussion of your favorite basketball team how the season has gone along our surprises our disappointments a lot of funny tidbits along the way our discussion of kelly Oubre, Otto porter merchant gortat John Wall, how awesome he has been, especially closing out basketball games when he had his first game winner against the Chicago Bulls this week. So enjoy my conversation with Troy. You know, we've analyzed all these games for the people, but I want to go to a more macro sense here uh, while I I have your precious time. Why has this team turned this around? I know we've kind of touched on it briefly here and there, but what is your salient take on how they dug themselves out of the hole here in December. And now, you know, yeah, they're 19 and 19 and we want them to be better so much, but they're not, yeah, you know, they're, well, they're not mean, 14 and 23. And we're not, you know, we're not fighting this battle of getting back to 500. They are now around, now they are a 500 ball club. They are 500 with, with so, Philadelphia coming to town yeah, on Saturday. Yeah. And there's still a lot of games left where it's not like, oh, a hey. A lot of basketball left. Yeah. But we're not in the sense where we're, oh, we need an eight or 10 game winning streak to get back to, you know, two or games above. Like, they have dug themselves out of the early hole that they created. What was the reasons you saw they dug themselves into that hole? And how were they able to, you know, play better basketball, essentially. Well, I think that, you know, they, they dug themselves into a hole starting two two and eight on the season, I think is what they started. Um, honestly, because, you know, Wall was coming off the surgeries. He wasn't able to play in uh, back-to-backs. So, you know, he, he set out the, um, I think, the Orlando game that they lost. And, you know, he was on a minutes restriction in the game in Philadelphia that they lost. And... You know, he sat Wall and uh, Bill both sat out in the first game at Chicago, and they lost. So, you know, I think that, you know, both, you know, with Wall, you know, kind of getting into a groove and, you know, getting off his minutes restriction, coming off the surgery, you know, that, that kind of, you know, impeded the, the progress to start the year. And, you know, once they got into a groove, uh, well, with Wall and Bill playing together, 
you know, it, it's kind of been the bench, you know, as the Achilles heel that has kind of kept this team from, you know, taking that next level. But, you know, the bench, you know, I think that, uh, you know, Scott Brooks has gotten to the point where he's figured out, you know, a solid rotation. You know, he at, at the beginning of the season, you know, Sadoransky was playing in like the first, you know, 15 to 20 games of the season. But, you know, over the last uh, 10 to 15 games, you know, he hasn't really played, you know, you know, more than, you know, one or two minutes per night. But he's received a lot of, you know, DMPs over this time. And I think, uh, you know, Brooks is just figuring out more so who he can trust in the lineups. You know, um, he's figured out that Jason Smith is, you know, a much better option uh, at, at power forward and center than Andrew Nicholson ever will be. And, you know, he's kind of rele- uh, relegated him to the bench. You know, he's he, he just recently figured out that, you know, Marcus Thornton is, is kind of, you know, a negative impact player. So he's, you know, he's, he's relegated him to the bench. Uh, you know, I think a lot of this has to do with Brooks. He's been kind of, you know, pushing the right keys as far as, you know, who's going to play when and, you know, how many minutes he's going to give them. He's... You know, he like he uh, he's been playing Ubre when when he's been playing well, but when he's not, he's quick to pull him. You know, he's been uh, switching up uh, the lineups, the rotations, as far as like you know. I think there was a problem earlier in the season where you know Wall and Bill both would be sitting in the fourth quarters of games, and I feel like Brooks has figured that out. That you know he can't do that. He's gotten you know Markeith, uh more involved with second units, and you know that that allows him to kind of be you know, a shot, uh, shot creator or not, not really creator, but you know, he, he can, he can create his own shot. Um, and you know, they kind of are able to run their offense, uh, through him with a lot of the second units. So I think that, you know, I think Scott Brooks, you know, has to, you know, deserve a lot of the credit for, you know, kind of leading this team in the right direction, pushing all the right buttons and, you know, allowing, you know, the team to, you know, kind of be who they are, which is at this point a team with a good starting five. He's making them get out, play faster. He's uh, he's allowing Gortat to, you know, they're running sets where Gortat is setting screens. He's the uh, leading uh, screen assist player in the NBA, <laughs> meaning that uh, that the more players, uh, he, he causes more assists from setting screens and players are scored off of that more than anybody in the entire NBA. Wow. And, you know, yeah. And and Scott Brooks is, you know, I feel like he realized that an early stage and, you know, he's been calling a lot of sets where, you know, even like the, the game winner last night, you can see Brooks like waving Gortat to come up and set the screen on, uh, on Michael Carter Williams to, to, to free up, um, John Wall, he was able to, you know, fade away from Robin Lopez on that game-winning shot. And I think that, you know, like, like I said, I, I want to give Brooks a lot of credit for, you know, kind of, you know, establishing, you know, a, a, a solid role for everybody on the team and then, you know, implementing a game plan that they can follow and putting them in the right position. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And I also say, you know, health has been a big factor of, of we, John we, we, you know, we yeah, we've have, been lucky when yeah, it comes right. to health this season. Yeah, I mean, I did not think that John Wall would would come back after knee surgery and play some of the best basketball of his career, if not the best basketball of his career. I did not see Otto Porter playing the best basketball of his career. I've not seen Bradley Beal playing the best basketball of his career. And <laughs> we're seeing all those two things. Now, on the flip side, it's frustrating that the wins weren't coming when the three of the best players 
were playing well, but you know Bradley Beal had those nagging injuries, and and the team was struggling with closing games out, and the bench was so bad they were getting nothing out of them, and the yeah. way and the and the way that that the, that has developed, and they've all came around, and then also Brooks has found you know. You know, maybe Thornton's hot a game, or he's he's been able to keep Trey Burke's confidence around. You know, Sadoransky, I think, is still a work in progress, so we can maybe potentially see him. I would like to see at some point Brooks get him back in the rotation. I know he's tried here and there. Yeah, and, and then now with Ubre, you know, he's still you know a work in progress as well, but his confidence isn't shattered. And I don't see these guys in the second unit as much as they played terribly, and they have historically. We can talk about the numbers. They are historically one of the worst defenses that you will ever see in the NBA. The be- benches, you mean? You <laughs> yeah, the benches. benches yeah, the benches. Yeah. They have like right now they have a a point differential of like minus seventeen. A net, net rating. But I think it's been better over the last six weeks. Yeah, I mean they've Four been weeks, better, right? but they, you know they they they're still on pace to statistically be the worst bench in the history of the NBA. I guess I'm just so, comparing. I just have to compare it to Whitman, where I just saw like once they were benched and didn't play, the confidence was over. It was yeah. shattered, and I and I feel like where Brooks has benched them, but then has been able to them come back and and been able to contribute. Maybe not right away, yeah. but at some point relevant. Whereas we saw in the past. Uh, throughout the years with Whitman, if you got benched in the doghouse, I mean, you did not come back to contribute to this basketball team for months, yeah. if not ever. And so I've, I've been really curious, but I've also been flexible. Now, I've been critical of Brooks to have him figure out some type of rotation, and I think he he kind of has. I mean, Nicholson and Sadoransky are out. Thornton's out, right, at this point. And, and that's mm-hmm. fine, and he kind of mixes, mixes and matches uh, with different people. What I would... What I was to say too is that the schedule has been very. Uh, they've taken advantage of the schedule, and, and I mentioned this on podcasts before. And me and Brian France talked about it. Me and Rashad have talked about it, and they finally did. I mean, I just talked about you know the Bucks, the T Wolves, you know the Underman Bulls, you know the Nets at home, you know the games. You know, here comes the Sixers. You know the games that they they. They need to win here at home, and we've seen them fall. We've seen them blow these type of games over the years, and I don't know if it's John Wall maturing or Bradley Beal finding his next game, or him just being out there and being a three point threat, right, and being yeah. a twenty point scorer every night. I mean, he's pouring in twenty points a game every night. He, he's a threat. He's opening up the lanes, the lanes, uh, uh, you know, exploiting the defenses by his ability to shoot the basketball ball by just being out there and not being Garrett Temple. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, so sometimes that stuff doesn't come on, on the numbers. And so I feel that has been encouraging. My, my other question to you is that how slim is this margin of error? I, I mean, I feel like what we're talking about here is that, like, are, are, oh, oh, it's slim. It's right, slim. right. <laughs> Right, I mean, like we're talking about all cylinders, and we can compete with every single one. But what we really want as basketball team, or what they building, I mean, it just feels like there's still something missing. Correct? Yeah, I mean, it's it's as slim as a uh, slim Charles, aka Big G from the backyard band. Yeah, who, who actually performed at uh, the Wizards game against the Timberwolves afterwards, but. Yeah, Slim Charles is one of my favorite characters from The Wire. But oh, you know, hold on, hold on, he performed. Yeah, the Backyard Band performed after uh, the Timberwolves game 
on uh what was that yeah friday friday night do, do you know what I, was had- at, I was at the diner in adams morgan uh with with an ex back in the day day and i literally was eating next to some charles and his like grandmama and people kept, people kept like coming up to him and i was like Man, I think that's some Charles, but I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to eat my omelet in peace. Let, let, let it be peaceful. And all of a sudden, like... Nah, you just... <laughs> no, multiple people. Well, I didn't know for sure. I was like, this could be some other dude with the dreads. But I was like, man, I'm pretty sure that's fucking Slim Charles. And then, dude, it was. Like, multiple people came up to him and he said, yeah, what's up? And and I, I didn't get a chance to holler at him, but it's it's a funny story. He was really nice to the people. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a great guy, man. Uh-huh. He is, and... uh yeah, he's a, he's a local DC legend is when it comes to go go music. So they, they they put on a concert uh, Friday of, night. Uh, uh, whose beef was he? He's East East Baltimore guys, right? Uh, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. He's East Side with uh, with Prop Joe. Yeah, Prop Joe's know? beef, right? Was he chop, Prop Joe's beef, right? Yeah, yeah, he was Slim Charles was muscle for hire, and he he was with uh, he, he used to be with the Barksdales. Then he went over to Prop Joe. That's right. Then he was running. Then he was running with Marlo. You know, I think on the and last episode he, he took, actually he took, he took the L in the in the stairway, I believe. Right? Did he get shot? Yeah. Right? No, no. But he lived after that. Uh, Omar Omar got him in the stairway. <laughs> but, uh, but no, Slim Charles. Slim Charles actually shot. Uh, he shot. He shot Method Man's character Cheese oh, on yeah. the last episode. The dog fight. <laughs> the dog fighting guy. That's right. Yeah, yeah. He shot him on the last episode. So yeah, but Slim. Slim Charles, the Wizards' uh, margin of error is as slim as Slim Charles. So, <laughs> you know, if if they lose one of their players in the starting lineup, you know, this this, this thing could you know come tumbling down with the quickness. So, you know, if if you know if Bill were to have a stretch of games where he were to be able to where he were able to you know not play for you know ten to fifteen games, you know this this team could you know easily turn into you know the Detroit Pistons. You know, and, and be you know, you know a few games uh, behind 500, and you know I think that the way that the East is shaping up, the fact that you know from you know almost five to eleven is all separated by you know two games, you know it, you you could one day be the you know the sixth seed, the next day you could be the you know eleventh seed. So I think that you know this this team, you know even though they've taken advantage of the schedule that they've had so far. You know, it, it it will take you know a, a, a lot of effort and a lot of you know a lot more health luck for this team to you know kind of finish out the season you know like we want them to. But you know, not not saying that it's not possible because you know Bradley Bill he 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 eventually is going to play an eighty two game season. I believe it. You know, I he, he's already missed some games this year, but you know, I I, I think that you know he he's kind of showed a little bit more toughness. You know, and coming back from some of these ankle sprains, you know, well, than he has in years past. Maybe because he knows that he's got that he's got that contract locked up to about what twenty twenty two. So you know, he doesn't he doesn't have to worry about you know holding out for the second contract. But he he's he's been doing a good job of of you know you know the biggest part of the battles is showing up, and so far Bill has has, has showed up like he's supposed to. I just went on ESPN.com so I could check out the NBA standings. And, of course, front page, right on the right side, Walden Crowder getting in a post-game scuffle. And there it is. <laughs> Headline yeah. on the right side, on the, on the right upper block for uh, the web geeks out there. 
After the Celtics yeah, and the Wizards, that's... John Wall and Jay Crowder exchanged words, got into a scuffle when Crowder put his finger on Wall's nose, and Wall responded by hitting Crowder in the face. <laughs> yeah, man, total, oh, no. total that's not, like, that's not looking good. For, that's not looking good for our suspension stuff. Yeah, like, no, just, just wait until... finger, uh... Wall hit somebody in the face, which I still don't believe that that's what it is, but breaking news, uh, yeah... Yeah, just 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 wait until your boy Colin Cowherd gets a hold of the story oh, tomorrow. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, 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 love, I love me some Sweeney saying Colin Cowherd doesn't know shit. You see that? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Dabo Sweeney. I love him because he's real. So yeah. it's pretty it's pretty great. Now, well, let's just talk about John Wall. You you mentioned I know you had some stats in your piece uh, that you wrote about the Bucks about him closing out games. Can you kind of mention what you found with John Wall, his maturation, especially being a closer in crunch time? Yeah, Yeah, so I think that, uh, well, I looked at it. Wall is, you know, he's top five right now in the NBA in uh, crunch time uh, scoring. So uh, what crunch time scoring is is uh, when the game is within five points in either direction and uh, with five minutes less, uh, five minutes left in the uh, fourth quarter. Yeah. So that that's what's considered uh, crunch time or crunch time stats. So like Wall is a top five scorer. He, uh, you know, I, I was actually surprised to find out that he hit his first career game winner uh, with uh, ten seconds or less uh, in in the game against Chicago. You know that, but you know, I think that. Really, the fact that Wall is, you know, kind of getting to the point where he's feeling comfortable scoring in these uh, crunch time moments, you know, this is something that he's kind of added to his game this season, you know, that he really hasn't had in years past, you know, where he's been more so of a facilitator trying to get other people involved. You know, he's getting to the point now where, you know, he, he's taking over the games himself and, you know, he, he's he's finding ways to just put the ball in the basket you know, when his team needs him the most. So I think that, you know, that those stats and what have you are, seen? And what have you seen different of him? Just, just I, I, observa- honestly, observational. It's, like, is it different, from, uh, different sets? Is it, what, what is he? I mean, obviously I know that elbow jumper has improved. You know, we can probably find the stats that it, you know, you mentioned earlier. Yeah, it's approved five or 10 percentage points. We can probably go back and look at, Shots that John Wall has done in the crunch time this year compared to past, right? And so that his percentages are probably up. And if I was a better podcaster or a blogger, I'd give you those numbers. I know that. But from an eye test or what you're looking at, what's the difference of his game now, maturation-wise, when it comes to, yo, we need a bucket? Because I feel like, I still feel like that's not what I think that John Wall's strength is. But what he it is is that he is getting those buckets at a higher rate for the Wizards than he ever has in his career. Yeah, I think in those situations, in those situations, you know what I'm talking about, like where it's like we're down four, we're down two, we're down six, two minutes left, right? You need a bucket. John Wall just gets a bucket, right? And and like in the past, it'd be maybe him taking a tough shot, and just because he wanted to be the man or him deferring. And I feel like this year it just is at the rim without me even looking. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the thing that uh, I am seeing from John Wall is that he's much more assertive when it comes to you know trusting his offensive game. And you, just like you said, it's not just hitting the, the you know those mid range jump shots. It's it's you know it's using his you know 
using his speed dribble and throwing in a slight hesitation now where he yeah. can, you know, get by defenders and get all the way to the rim. You know, he, he's finishing a lot better at the rim uh, when, in, in, the, in the clutch time. Um, I think that I think he's getting he's, the foul line. He's, 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 he's getting the foul line a lot. He's getting more, to the foul line, and he's and his free throws have improved yeah. as well, right? Yes, his free throw percentage has improved. Uh, you know, he's just he. I honestly think that he's just being more assertive, and you know, it, it's he's being assertive to a point where that that can only have come from you know just just years of experience, and you know, mm-hmm. he, he had to go through certain failures to to know like. What kind of plays not to run? He has to know. He knows now to you know not be fading away from the basket, but you know to use his speed to you know keep the defenders on their heels. Or he's, it's uh, even to the point where that, or he's reading the help defender, right? right like he's right. coming off. It's not even just him reading the pick the pick and roll defender how they're going to read the coverage, which obviously yeah, he can do that. He's, he's not reading who's going to help and how they help. And do I just like? And then when he hits that at level, it's all it's almost. Just flawlessly, he doesn't. He's not even thinking. He's just reacting. Yeah, right? exactly. And I think it's he's he's reacting uh, to but a thinking, extent, but thinking but as he's well. Thinking two or three yeah, steps ahead. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he's uh, you know he he's gotten to the point where he's not just reacting in the moment. He's yep. reacting and also you know thinking, looking two three steps ahead, and you know seeing what what player is going to come off and where where the help defender is coming. And you know he's he's priding himself on not just you know, giving, you know, the assist to directly to his teammates, but he's getting the, the hockey assist, you know, the pass that, you know, skips to another pass that, you know, ends up in a Gortat dunk, you know, or, you know, he, he he's he's really just gotten to the point where, you know, the, the, the game has kind of, it looks like it's slowed down for him, and he's able to, you know, kind of process this Sometimes information. It's almost, I feel like it's like, he is like it's like a screen pass in in football where like you just let all the dudes come at you and then you're waiting for you to hit you and then he just throws it to the running back and then exactly gone. but <laughs> the thing is that wall has the uncanny ability because he actually has the touch to you know pull off right. the you know these no look passes where it's deceptive oh, how where, good how good have those been oh my oh god my, i mean like, he's been he's been you know I mean, like otherworldly other with some of I mean, his no look passes he's put some of the best passes I mean, there's other passes of his career that I can think about offhand, but man, these ones he's he's made in the last few weeks. It's almost he's like made, like you remember like last year he was doing that like cut dribble and he made what was the name of it? He came up with it like some different dribble. Uh, he was calling it some name where basically it's just like you spin it and you hit it, like and then you make a pass. And he was and he was doing that all the time. And he was doing it so quickly that you, sometimes you're like, oh, is he breaking that dribble out? And I, yeah. I'm blanking. I'm blanking on the name of it. And he hasn't. I think he, did, he hasn't done as much this year. But dude, now he's doing that with his no look passes. Where yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's like all of a sudden it's like do you even, like the one I didn't even realize like how ridiculously like hard and ridiculous it was until you saw it in slow mo. Because then in full speed you're like wow that's a nice like no look. But then you're like, where was the ball? Did it go between his legs and go around him? Like, what happened? Yeah, like, yeah, like, no, I mean, no, no. <laughs> in replay, it was like, no, it didn't do any of that. It was almost like an optical illusion because he was so good, if this makes any fucking sense, especially on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 he was so good at the no look that you thought that maybe he did something else with it. But in reality, the no look was so fucking perfect that it created your, 
illusion that it couldn't have been that perfect. If that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's he's like, like the ball so had to come from somewhere else. Right? I mean, he's right? he's like David Blaine out here. Yes, he's literally yes, working magic. Yes, yes. It really. <laughs> yeah, was. I mean, his pinpoint accuracy on his passing has been otherworldly. That was so that was the Nets, and then, and then it was the uh, the Nets. He had a couple, right? And then also the T Wolves. They get another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he had one pass. I think it was against the Bucks, where he he gave like a no look oh, and, uh, and and gave it to to Ubre, and Ubre finished it with a dunk. It was like Ubre was so surprised because he didn't, he didn't think there was any way that the ball was coming to him right there, and you know. I guess in, in, from a physics standpoint, like the ball shouldn't have got there, but but Wall's just literally out there working magic. Yeah, it, it, and to go off topic real quick, we've killed Kelly here on this podcast, but he had a really good game against the Bucks, and he, and he maybe should just play Milwaukee all the time. He had his career yeah, high, yeah, career high, high nineteen versus them, then seventeen <laughs> on Sunday. Yes, but the, I think that it's just an example of. You know, the growing pains that he still has to have as a young guy who just turned 21. Yeah, I think you're right in the sense that, I, I mean, his confidence shooting a three, I really, I think is is great. And yeah. his athleticism on the break is fantastic. His ability to, to get his nose into things or try to start fights with people bigger than him, which which is, you know, okay. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of flaws in his game. He doesn't have a mid-range game. doesn't really go right. doesn't really create for anyone else. Uh, and that's not really his it, role right now. Exactly. And, that's, that's, exactly. That's, and, and all of fine. that is okay. All that's of that is okay. Yeah. Like, what he can't do. But, but we just it, need him to hustle and hit some corner threes. If he could just do that at an efficient level, you know, he's going to give this team exactly what they need. Yeah. So, but on, on a night like tonight where his shot isn't falling, you know, you kind of just expect the guy to – you know, hustle a little bit on the boards. You know, not not just give up wide open threes to your man. You know, attack over top of the screen instead of just going under every time and and you know leave, putting your bigs in a compromising position. You know, it, it's just little simple things like that. And you know, I, I hate to have to get on Ubre. You know, because he had a bad game tonight when he's really he has played better, especially you know after his whole. Uh, Snafu at the Dallas YMCA yes. uh, was that two weeks ago now. Yes. We were talked about it on the last podcast. Well, we mentioned yeah, it, but we didn't yeah, really I mean that, that that's crazy in itself. But I mean, I think the underlying thing that people need to look at is the fact that Ubre flew out his trainer Drew Hanlon to oh, Texas. Oh yeah, that's what I said. To, to come to come take shots with him. Uh, you know, while there there was no team shoot around that morning, so he's he's being proactive trying to put an extra work in the gym, trying to make sure that he's putting himself in the right position to to, to succeed. So, you know, I, I got to give the man credit for that. And, uh, you well, know, what I, say, he, what I would say about Kelly is that he has a good mindset. He's yep. got good energy, very positive. He is very differential. He wants to get better. His athleticism is off the chart. He has shown improvement. Yeah, right. it's just so, so the, the, the Wizards. It's just, he's just not there, there yet. So sometimes I just, yeah. I just want to douse fans' trepidation of him and trying to make, not trying to make him what he isn't yet, and just kind of allow him to develop. And they're going to have nights like this where you get frustrated and you say, "Hey, you know, Kyle is Kyle is very critical of him of some of these plays." But it's true. It's like 
yo, dude, there's two dudes there, and you just ran them over. What are you doing? Yeah. It's like the fourth time you've done that. It's like stuff exactly. like that. <laughs> but yeah, then he'll, but he'll make a good steal, and he'll make a clutch three, or he'll make a good dunk in transition, and and he and he's. He's not. He's not. He's not loafing it. He's not half-assing it. Effort's never an issue with him. I've never criticized him for that. Which there's a lot of other players who are talented, quote unquote, where the effort and the motor is something that you're always. Yeah, I you're, think you're always it's, like, not, oh, it's not an effort problem. I think yes. it's an attentiveness problem. Yes, where it's just like sure. he, he's just not really in the right spot. And I think that he kind of, you know, lacks a little bit of the basketball nuances yes. that, you know, a, a more savvy uh, player would have. You know, but, and all, all of this will come with, it, with with more experience. You know, I think that where he is right now is kind of uh, comparable to where uh, uh, Otto Porter was in his second year. You know, he, he, he spent his whole rookie year was a wash, and then his second year, which was like his rookie year, you know, he, he was, you know, he spent a lot of time in uh, Whitman's doghouse. I think that's the same year where he had the, the, the classic uh, the free Shaq auto and the Fool. And the free yeah. auto chance, right? Yeah, the free auto chance, you know, uh, coming coming out, auto porter in the in, in the Verizon Center. And I think Ubre I mean, he's in a comparable position to that. You know, the only problem, you know, with, with him not having, you know, decent games is the fact that this team desperately needs – that you know that, oh, that they're totally they're totally missing a seven year vet wing guy that can get you ten to fifteen and play good defense. I mean, this Ex- no exactly. Doubt. So you know, I mean, Ubre when he plays well, he's able to give you you know that that kind of extra presence. And you know, the fact that when when he doesn't play well, you know, I think that 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 you know that absence is just kind of accentuated a little bit more than it normally would be or probably should be. If we had you know better players on the bench uh, around him, no, I feel like with Kelly too is that you know I sing all his praises, but it's like a guy like him who's who's highly recruited. I mean, you know, one of these AU studs that was dunking at early age, athleticism is like off the charts, can go to any college he wants. McDonald's All American, that type of player, right? Is that he's always been able to. Get by on his athleticism, right? Exactly. And, and, then, and then, and then, and then you, when you reach a level, and you reach a level where, that, where, where the athletes are just as good as you, just as good you as guys. you, and you would see that in summer league these last two years, where he would do these things, but he'd get some points and do these things. But when I'd see him get his points, I was like, well, you're just getting your points because you're more athletic than them. And I, exactly. And, and, and now. He is he has gotten over that, and he's been able to get to the corners, run on the break, and do something at, at the NBA level that isn't summer league. But there's still these summer I don't want to say summer league moments. There's these, still these moments, and this is development where it's like you can't do that move anymore, bro. You know what I mean? You can't do the go in the lane two dudes because you used to be able to do that. But now there's seven footers, there's six ten guys, there's guys just as big as you that can jump just as high. You know, but yeah, he does be able to get a tip dunk or scrap in there and get some get some plays here and there, which is encouraging that he's 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 able to want to mix it up and not coast. But there is still this moment where like you got to realize like okay, that move. It's not that move don't work anymore. It's like I got to think of a move that is going to be mine and then I perfect it right. And, and and that's where I think you struggle and that's maturation. That is. 
You know, I've seen it with John Wall with his speed. I've seen it with Bradley Beal taking mid-range jumpers, right? I can give you, you know, Otto Porter, you know, his maturation as well. Like, I mean, I can give you examples of each player. Uh, Troy, we should probably end this soon. It's been way too long. And everyone listen to this. Uh, you know, thank you, everyone, for listening to this. But me and you get together, I just feel we should talk forever. But we go off in tangents, <laughs> tangents about Uber and Cortad. It's not even on the script. Damn it, Troy. Stay in the script. I'm trying. I'm saying the trip. No, what, what is what is your – maybe we've already mentioned it, but what has been your, your biggest disappointment of the season so far, of this team? Uh, well, my best? biggest disappointment of the team so far has to be uh, the, the Andrew Nicholson signing. Um you know, it, it's just kind of baffling to me that, you know, that the Wizards ended up signing a guy who was pretty much buried on the Orlando Magic depth chart, a team that has been, you know, you know, a perennial, you know, uh, seller dweller in the Eastern Conference. And, you know, somehow they take this guy who can't crack their rotation and decide they want to pay him, you know, a couple million dollars a year for like... What was he signed for? Four years? Make 20, 20, for the next four years? 20, like we're 20, stuck with him? $24 million, four years. $6 million a year. 20, actually, 26 for four. Yeah, so, you know, that, that 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 has to be the most disappointing thing. Like, is the fact, like, I can see how you can sell yourself on signing Yan Mahimi because, you know, at least, you know, I remember him being a backup big on you know, a Mavs championship team. I could remember him starting the last couple of years in Indiana and being a good center. You know, I, I could I could understand why you paid him the money you paid him. It's like, but Andrew Nicholson, he literally hasn't done anything. And I can't, can't interrupt you, Troy. I don't know, like, can't interrupt you. How many how many minutes per game do you feel that Andrew Nicholson has averaged this season? Was he averaging eleven minutes per game? Eight point eight. 8.8 minutes okay, per game. Yeah. <laughs> How many uh, points per game? Three points per game. 2.7. Like 2.7. 2.7. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, that's your second biggest free agent signing right there. Eight six, minutes a game. Three points a, a game. And, six and a half million. Yeah, that's, I mean, you know, that, that that's a, just a clear just whiff, man. Like, and, and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll be talking about, you know, trade deadline stuff. You know, coming up, uh, but honestly, it's to the point where I, I'd attach a first round pick just, just, just to attach it to Nicholson to get him out of Washington, so they don't have to pay him for the next few years. That like, I'll give up a, a an asset just to get rid of Nicholson at this point. Like, it, I mean, that that that's well, got to well, be one of the worst. You're crazy, Troy, because uh, we we have we have six, <laughs> we have sixteen million uh sixty four million tied up with Yamahimi, so uh maybe if there's a <laughs> yeah i mean but at least but the thing is at least at least like the fact that Yamahimi hasn't played there's like this unknown factor out there that you could still lie to yourself and sell yourself on this dream that maybe yeah. Yamahimi will be you know just the missing piece that this team uh needs when in terms of uh a backup big. But I mean Andrew Nicholson, like I mean this guy gets on the court and I mean it it, it literally <laughs> makes you want to turn the channel. Like it, I mean I, I don't know they I I just don't see the appeal and his game at all. I mean he, he he's not really a good three point shooter. They say he's got all these low post moves and up and unders, but it doesn't mean anything if you can't finish. 
Like he, he literally can't rebound. I, I just I just don't understand. And and to, to to kick it all off, actually, you know what? I got a conspiracy theory going. I saw this last week. Uh, so apparently, Andrew Nicholson signed with Priority Sports, uh, the agency, who they actually happen to represent not only Andrew Nicholson but Jason Smith and Marcus Thornton and Bradley Bill. You know that that's that's. They got, we got one agency representing, you know, a third of the Wizards roster. I think it's a Bardo scene, I believe, is the yeah, company. yeah. So you know, they're they're tweeting uh, Andrew Nicholson NBA vote stuff, and it's just like, I mean, really, they're, they're, really, they're, really, really, they're tweeting Andrew Nicholson NBA vote. You know, I I, I, I retweeted. I hope, this that, and said, I hope that's an intern. And like, someone's you know, there, I mean, someone's either, making more either money way, than me and you is doing that because that's ridiculous. Yeah, either way, I can't be mad at them because they're they're selling their client. They're you know obviously they, they must have held Ernie Grunfeld to hostage or something and told him, well, Bill's not going to sign his contract unless you take on all these other bums. Like I don't, I don't know how I don't know how that worked out, but you know it, I got a conspiracy theory behind it. But you know that that by far has probably been one of the worst signings. <laughs> Not only in in recent Wizards memory, but probably one of the worst signings in the NBA last summer. That I mean, and the worst thing is they signed him on like day three of free agency. It's just like it's like as soon as Al Horford signed the Boston, they're like, oh, yep, Mahimi and Nicholson. That's that's the move. That's you know that that's going to save the day. Well, I I mean, I didn't think he'd be this bad. I thought he'd be an eight or nine, ten guy, you know, back up, back up to Markeith in the mix, right? If Markeith gets some foul trouble, I thought he'd be decent, but he's been terrible. But I'll piggyback onto my disappointment is that since we're crunching numbers, okay, so uh, they spent 20, we're spending $27 million this season on Yamahimi, Jason Smith, and Andrew Nicholson for, all right? The other day, Michael Beasley, Scored 18 points of them for the Bucks, and then uh, last night won in San Antonio. Milwaukee did, and Michael Beasley went off to have the Bucks win in San Antonio, which now means, are you ready for this? That the Wizards currently have the longest home winning streak in the NBA. <laughs> we had 10 games. Did you know that? Yeah, I did know that. I All mean, right, so yeah. Michael Beasley going off in San Antonio now gives the Wizards the longest home winning streak. So thank you. Mikey B, Mikey B, uh, DMV guy, a uh, local guy. Now, the arguments for never sending Michael Beasley on this team because he's bounced around the NBA because he'd hang out with the crew. He'd be at Parking 14th and, you know, fucking Shadow. Like, yeah, name, yeah, name, yeah. name the club. Reference day parties on like, Sundays. Dream, dream, <laughs> dream back in the day, Rose Bar. You know, name the list of whatever the hot spot you want to see in D.C. He'd be kicking with all this... If he's smoking weed in Minnesota, uh, what's he going to do back with his crew here in PG County, right? I, uh, yeah. Right? Okay, I get that. Especially, especially when you can drive up and down and, yeah, and right. smell the strands in D.C. Yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I get that argument, but here's the deal. He's making $800,000 a year for them. And I know, whatever, he's averaging like 12 points a game. Commercial break time, yes. The sponsor, Sneakis, S-N-E-K-I-S dot com, DMV Sports Apparel. Holidays are over, but guess what? There is always time to hook your friends and family up with some cool, fresh gear. Valentine's Day is around the corner. Help support this Wizards independent media because I continually give you the real about this basketball team, and I'm not influenced by the corporate factions of Monumental or Comcast. And that 
checkout, you get 10% off your order when you enter Pixel and Roll, and I really appreciate it. Now, back to the show. How many points per game do you think Jason Smith is averaging for the Wizards? Uh, what's he averaging? Uh, four point five, I'd say. Three point nine points a game. Three point nine. He's averaging okay. eleven minutes. So basically, the Wizards are getting whatever Jason Smith is producing. That is what they're getting at twenty-seven million dollars because Nicholson doesn't play, and Yamahini's still hurt. And I'm not. I'm just giving the Beasley as an example. But to me, that is the biggest disappointment that they have invested resources of twenty-seven million dollars. And all we really had to show for if Jason Smith has a good game. Which, by the way, we've already mentioned earlier that he's been playing better lately. He's been playing better. I'm not going to hate but like, But come on, this is not sustainable. And $27 million for John Wall and for us to make this movement of Kevin Durant and Al Horford comes down to $27 million, whether or not Jason Smith can average 10 a game. Troy, I mean, come on. Like, big picture, that's ridiculous. Yeah, big picture, you know, that <laughs> when you bring absurd. it down like that, it's like it's, 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 it's kind of depressing. Yeah, I know it's way depressing. Everyone's still listening. This is going to be bitching, but it's like, yo, dude, like, hey, listen, you made these moves. I'm just, I'm just evaluating the moves you made. You resources of this team for $27 million on the payroll. Now, did you anticipate Andrew Nicholson sucking? No. Did you know that Yami Himbi would only play 12 minutes in the season? So far, no, right? Did you know that Jason Smith? But Jason Smith was Jason Smith, man. He averages six yeah, yeah. six points in his career. He's averaging four. That's okay, Jason Smith. But you know, he averaged seventeen minutes in his career. Now he's averaging eleven. So like, I'm not even hating on Jason Smith because I'm like I said, oh, I do hate on Jason Smith, but I, I do like to talk about white shit when he dunks and stuff. But but what I'm saying is that the, the point of the matter is is that what a disappointment that we we had all this cap room and did all this thing for the summer and and it's gonna come to, it is gonna pay off here in in a negative fashion I hope not let me knock on wood is when these I mean Adam Rubin wrote about this me and Rashad talked about this I mean at some point these starters are gonna wear down dude and, and, yep. the, fa- and the fact that we don't can't close out these bad teams and we've made bad investments on our reserve players, so we can't even be competent if the reserve players are in. Then we're just we're we're putting all our chips in to our top five players heavily, maxing them out, and then what? Gonna hope that this lasts, right? So we can save above five hundred. It is it's very concerning, very distressing to me, and I know I just pissed everyone off that is listening to the show. But that's the real, Troy. Yeah, I mean, that that clearly is the real. And, you know, th- this team, you know, th- these guys, they're going to wear down. And, you know, I think that we're going to have to... We need a Sadoransky you know, to come back, right? We need Nicholson to do yeah, something. You know, I think like, I, at this point right McClellan, now... I'm, I'm I, think, to the, I think McClellan I, can, can contribute, too. Yeah, McClellan, McClellan's been contributing, but, but he's it's a free like agent rookie. He's a free so agent rookie, much. dude. I, I'm exactly. Not, I'm not pissing exactly. anyone. I'm pissed about, like... You had ink in this money for two seasons, two off seasons for this off season, and this is what we have to show for it. Yeah, I no, mean, they, they, they really <laughs> sat there, they sat on their hands uh, two years ago. You know, really only bringing in Dudley, uh, and because they, they didn't want to spend we any money. Re-signed. How about this? We should have re-signed Dudley. I was about to. Well, not 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 at ten million dollars a year. Nah, he get ridden <laughs> as, as good as he was. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, no, I agreed with the move. 
right? But if you actually look at what Dudley actually would provide this team currently now at 10 million compared to what I just argue what 27 million's given us. Yeah, that's you right? know what? Right. <laughs> it's hard to say no, but like I would have been pissed if they were bought Dudley back at 10 million or Garrett Temple back at his price. Yeah, but looking but, back but, on it, they would have been they're, they're much actually, better off doing that. <laughs> they're actually contributing to the team, right? Yeah. And, like, and, I, and I would actually probably be be bitching about it, but when Nick, but I think it goes back to the Nicholson and the Mahimi injury was just have just been killers. They really have. I mean, Trey Burke was a flyer. Jason Smith is what he is. I mean, I'm pissed about his his, his third year option, but come on, he's a backup center at you know five million a year. That's nothing in this salary cap, right? I can't really hate hate. I mean, I don't understand why he got a player option for the third, right? Or why he even got maybe a second year. But that's not that's not seeking this team. Like Nicholson and Mahimi resources at twenty million a year are not really getting anything at all currently is why this bench sucks. It really is. And yeah. and, and, and it's just a bad I mean, I don't mean to depress you and like and like yeah, like not like you knew you were gonna fucking sign a dude for sixty four million dollars and he would get a knee injury in training camp and then hurt the other knee like rehab in the knee, and then now he's at a day to day. Were you you've been at some games recently? Any any scuttlebutt of Mahimi's knees? Anyone talking about anything about his knees? Where yeah, are we? Well, at? I think I think. Where have, uh, you heard? have you heard anything? Uh, well, what I have been hearing and seeing is that Mahimi is kind of you know ratcheting up his workouts, and he's he's been traveling with the team now on uh, road games. Oh yeah. So you know that, that that's a that's a good sign as as far as a player. You know, kind of getting closer to, you know, being able to come back. You know, if he was far away, he, he wouldn't be, you know, flying on a team plane and, you know, putting more swelling and stuff on that knee with air travel. But, you know, I, the, the scuttlebutt around is that, you know, he, he, he should be day back sometime. Day to day for infinity. And, <laughs> but I, I'd probably expect him to see him back around the All Star break. Really? Yeah. yeah, which is which is which is still you know a few weeks away. So, I mean, but you know if if they can get him to you know come on for the second half of the season, and and if he can you know give them some minutes and be able to spell Gortat and you know give the second unit some much needed rim protection. Oh, you know, I mean he would be he'd be worth. I mean, fuck, dude. He'd be worth four to six points in that second unit on rim protection, at least. Just on rim protection yeah. and you know running running yeah. them pick. The pick and rolls. <laughs> no, no. This, I don't want to end this on a negative note. What has been your biggest surprises of the season? Positive. Positive pixels here while we end this show. Uh, the, my biggest surprise has been uh, Otto Porter really kind of stepping his game up and, you know, being a play bro- uh, being a player who is semi-deserving of a max contract. I don't, I don't know if I'm quite on the max auto out bandwagon, you know, just yet, but... I think that he is establishing himself as a player who was worthy of the number three overall pick in that draft. And, you know, to see him, you know, kind of develop into a player who is, you know, he's basically being everything that we envisioned Otto Porter would be when when the team drafted him out of Georgetown. You know, he's the the quintessential 3 and D player. You know, he has uh, a lot of width, uh, a lot of wingspan, so he has the versatility to be able to defend, uh, you know, twos, threes, and fours. You know, even, they've even put him on some, some ones at time. And, uh, 
I think that, you know, he's he's found confidence in his three-point shot. I don't think he was, you know, necessarily known as a, a long-distance shooter, but he's shooting, uh, I think, what, what 40, 43% from uh, three-point range. He's top 10 when in, in the NBA when it comes to three-point percentage. So I think that he has by far been the biggest surprise. And, you know, I just I, – I don't know if he's worth the max money, but luckily he's a restricted free agent. They'll be able to match whatever contract somebody gives him. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, to see what a wall bill Porter trifecta can do, you know, going forward. No, I agree. Otto has been sensational. And we mentioned it before the season – I wrote about it, we discussed it, and said, hey, this team needed needed Otto to step it up. Like, this was his year. He had, he had personal incentives. The team has his same incentives. What they were going to do, they did not even discuss a contract with him before the season. Not what? really at all. <laughs> right? So there's motivation. <laughs> and we yeah. and there was reports of him putting all this work in in the summer. Him and Oladipo hanging out in the Bahamas. Working, you know, doing stuff without shirts on the sand and on the beaches. And, man, he really has improved his shot. I mean, he is – it's not just his mid-range game. Uh, and there all these other things that I've seen Otto do, it's stuff that I've seen him do throughout his career, you know, cutting with the ball, taking charges, deflections, hustle plays. But his ability to finish around the rim, especially when the knock maybe was about his athleticism, Right. And, and, and not so much this dunk or high flying dunk, but on the break, I mean, he has he has still. I haven't looked at it recently, but he had some of the highest finishing. I mean, I thought he, I think his efficiency is is so uh, is so well in the league because he doesn't dribble that much, so there's not that many turnovers, and then he's shooting at a high percentage from downtown, but he's really finishing around the rim at a, at a level that's like almost like big man level. And it was like insane at the beginning of the season. I haven't looked at the numbers lately, but those are that that aspect has been really surprising. So he's found a way to do that very well, and he's been unassuming, and he, you know, I've seen his personality develop a little bit, and that's been encouraging to see. I don't know what you're mentioning about the numbers yet, and I know it gets everyone sticker shocked to think about that we'd have Bradley Beal and John Wall locked up to, to Max Con- Bradley Beal and Otto Porter locked up to Max contracts before John Wall. And that might that might send like Wizard Twitter to a like a, a dark, dark place. And that's just kinda how the CBA would work out, right? Like it's not really John Wall's fault. Like John Wall just happened to sign his deal before the yeah, deals happened. Exactly. And it's but, like what, 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 what was he not gonna do? Sign a max contract at the time? Like, you know, right. it's just the luck of the draw, but you know, John Wall is going to be eligible for one of these uh, one of these super duper max contracts uh, that will get him what somewhat upwards of like two hundred million dollars. So I, I think that I think he'll he'll be all right, as Kendrick Lamar would say. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's gonna be all right, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I agree. And oh, I saw Kendrick Lamar play last year at Panorama in uh, Randall's Park in New York City. Incredible, one of the best one of the best shows I've seen all last year. He was he was he was K dot and all all his glory. I got a bunch of I got a bunch of videos up on the YouTube too for the people out there. Adam McGinnis, Google it. Uh, no, what I was gonna say, <laughs> what I was gonna say, Troy, is that um, I don't know. We're gonna have a whole off season, and I think the whole auto thing and what happens is is how where this team finishes in the playoffs, right? And how it finishes, and if it finishes well, 
and it looks like, hey, we're just a missing piece away, then it's we resign Otto. If if it bottoms out, then maybe you know Ernie gets I fired. Think, I, Ernie gets I, fired, I, and you make a new you make a new president, make that decision, something like I, that. I think that there is a 100% chance that Otto Porter is going to be a wizard uh, going forward. I mean, at this point, it's like you. But you I also think, say, is it, but it's, isn't it also in the benefit of the salary cap for us to actually, like, yeah, like it's, it's, I mean, it, it makes more sense for us to actually max him out than to let him just go, let him walk for nothing, at, for let him walk <laughs> for nothing, and no, no, and then try to find a guy like on the salary cap. It actually costs us more, just as much to pay can, somebody else. Yeah, yes, it's yes, cheaper to it's, pay your own players yes. than to and go think, out and pay right, somebody else, right? Like, like it'd be like. And I, even though you'll look at the sticker shock, right? Because it's going to be what, like four years at <laughs> five years at one twenty or some shit like that. I don't know what it. No, it's like it's like what four years at ninety, something like that, right? What is it? No, like what? What is? The, what's the four or five year max? Like, yeah, I think it's uh, yeah, four year ninety is the is four the, year is ninety, the four right? Year, yeah, but yet so, if, so so but yet that that twenty two and a half a year. That doesn't go against our cap, so is so it doesn't. I mean, it goes against the cap, but it. And I forget the actual numbers, but if we let him go and we sign a dude for ten or fifteen million dollars, it's the same as keeping him as twenty two. Exactly, something like exactly. that, right? I, so, I mean, but, right, it's something which like is, that. Which is which is making it a one hundred percent probability that he'll be back. <laughs> yes, but then it also would get uh, Mr. Ted Leonsens, you know, who's so poor because he has a rent. He has a mortgage payment at the Ryzen Center, which he owns. Uh, that, 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 that would make him maybe go to the luxury cap. Oh my God! Would he? Yeah, would he have, ask, have to, we, we have to pay a luxury tax to to he's win the champion. He's gonna have to break out that checkbook. So this, this this championship that he wants to he wants to win us from his plan, the plan of his titles, Troy. That he would actually have to maybe you know go into the tax, which would cost him all this money. You know, oh, oh, oh my God! You would actually have to put up resources to win the title that you supposedly want to win. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Shocker. <laughs> I mean, uh, Leonsis Leonsis is not really going to get any sympathy from uh, either one of us on this podcast. So, I, I, I honestly think that you know, Tash is going to have to suck it up and just oh. cut cut the check. So, yeah, no, no, my, 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 my you know, I'm sure my uh, me, I don't know, it's fish. Facetiousism, a word? I don't know. My facetiousness uh, is probably oozing through your uh, eardrums right now. Troy, um, my positive one before we go is I think Scott Brooks has done a decent job, man. He has, he has. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we haven't really talked about it because it got such a sluggish start and I was wanted to be fair, but then I started being critical of how he was, you know, playing Marcus Thornton too much or relying on, you know, Trey Burke as a backup point guard or maybe he should have played Sadoransky a little bit more or what was he doing with certain rotations here and there. But I've really liked all the buttons he's pushed so far and he's got these guys to win certain games and he really, in his quotes, and I know it's all coaches speak or whatever, but it feels like sometimes like, okay, this is what I think the team should do or this is like three-point defense or... The bench or things I've analyzed. And whenever I would present that to him, maybe I'm just scarred by Randy Whitman. But when I would present any of those arguments to Randy Whitman, it was like I was speaking fucking Mandarin, dude. Or it was like, it was like I was like some other analytic guy or I was all this stuff. I'm just like, 
no, man, I just crunched the numbers. This is what you're defending the three at home or on the road. Like, what's happening? <laughs> you know, like something like that. You know, it's like, and I feel like yeah. Scott, and I haven't, I haven't covered as many games this year at home with Scott Brooks, but I do get in his comments and all these things that, you know, and Bradley Beal is a great example. I mean, he talked about him being a playmaker. And when Bradley Beal started, you know, averaging more points and his assists are better, shooting better free throw percentage, you know, Scott Brooks joking about him having a free throw contest with Bradley Beal and John Wall. You know, these subtle things of, you know, marching, rewarding him about certain certain aspects or harping on Kelly Rubri's defense, even though I thought Kelly Rubri was playing decent defense of him wanting to be that, but not burying them, you know, in the, in the proverbial doghouse, but this develop. So I feel that like there is this development aspect that his uh, reputation was in Oklahoma City, but sometimes it was like, you know, with... So it was so star laden in Oklahoma City. It's hard to see about the other ones that we're looking at, right? Oh yeah, it's easy. You develop fucking Westbrook, Harden, and Durant, right? It's like it's like who you know, Obaka. You know, I didn't really give him too much credit for Obaka, right? And stuff like that. And and I've seen him know the pulse of his team and be able to communicate that to you openly. But this isn't just about the press stuff. Is that I've seen him make adjustments on the defense and the offensive end. Uh, where when to go small, when to not go small, when to bench guys, when to not bench them. Like he has no qualms. Like he has no qualms. To be like, oh, you're a veteran, you get to play. Nah, you don't play. Or you're a young guy, you don't play. And I'll, and but yeah, it's not like oh, you're a young guy. You had one game yesterday, good game last night. That don't mean shit no more. You gotta you gotta sustain it. And, I've, and I think that he's been able to do that. And also I've seen him have a, have the respect of the players. Um, and, and God, I just I sound like Ted Leonson, who I just ripped on right now, right there. But I, I guess I just didn't... I was giving him an open chance, but my perception of him was always about not playing Kendrick Perkins too much or him being stubborn on offense or letting Russell Westbrook run wild. But it looks like right now, I think Billy Dom's letting Russell Westbrook run wild as well, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah right? I think, right? I mean, Billy, Billy Donovan's letting him run wild, and I feel like, like Scott what's that Brooks, the best play? What's the, what Scott Brooks is like? We can pass around to all these four dudes, or why don't we just let Kevin and fucking Russ dribble around? Yeah, I mean, he had it all figured out. Like, I mean, <laughs> nobody knew it at the time, but, you know, that's just how those guys are going to play, and that's how they're most effective. And, you know, and I think that, you know, Brooks, Brooks is proven, he's proving to be a player's coach, and, you know, he, he's just getting more out of, the uh, you know, this current Wizards group than I feel like Whitman could have been getting. Oh, God, and, no. This season be over with Whitman. Exactly. Oh, no. oh we be there. So, you know, Brooks, Brooks is, he knows what buttons to push. Like, he knows, you know, how to, you know, kind of inspire the teammates. I mean, inspire the players. Like, you know, he, he, he sent McClellan down to the D-League, you know, and then he brought him back up. Now he's jumped, you know, Thornton in the rotation. So, you know, he, he, he has shown that, you know, he's willing to pull different triggers at different times. And, you know, he's not, you know, set in stone as far as, you know, what his rotation is going to be. And he's not being rigid with, you know, just sticking with something that, you know, is, is proven to not work. You know, I think that, you know, Brooks, Brooks has been everything that we could have imagined, you know, and more. And, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what, what, what kind of development he's going to, you know, get out of, you know, this core group of players. 
Yeah, here's some more stats. Oh, this would be a question I would ask Scotty Brooks as he, you know, he played with his glasses or would, you know, women would play with his glasses too. That, that was a women and a Scott Brooks joke. Uh, the, <laughs> the offense efficiency of this team is 15th in the league on offense. They're 20th on defense. They're 4-12 away from home, like we mentioned. They're 15-7 they're at home, won 10 in a row at home. So they, they were 5-7 and seven at home. They've won 10 in a row. So obviously your questions would be about, like, what's happening at home, blah, blah, blah. But I crunched a little bit, the numbers a little bit more, Troy, because that's what uh, we dorky bloggers do. They are ninth in the league on offense at home and 22nd away from home. Right? And get this, they're 20th in D. Uh, they're 20th in defense. They're actually 15th away from home on defense and 19th. At home on defense, which maybe is about being more up and up game and more possessions, but I feel like that is maybe a discrepancy that I would want to ask him. Be like, why are you so way more efficient? Like you're basically a top top third offense in the league at home, at home, but yeah. a, bottom, a bottom third away from the Rising Center, and that whoa, we can't have that, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> because it seems like the offense is what's making them run right now, which is. A little bit different, which is weird because the offense was the criticism what Brooks struggled with, right, with the Thunder. Even though his defense was a calling card and he still stressed defense and we, we criticized him for emphasizing defense in the training camp and they were so bad defending the three and nothing really changed from last year. But he's doing things offensively with his team and obviously it helps to have Bradley Beal and John Wall playing out of their fucking minds. But you got to give some credit to the coaching staff at some point, right? Right, yeah, I'm I'm fully prepared to, you know, give Scott Brooks all the credit that he deserves, and uh, you know, I I can only hope that we'll. we'll, well, we'll what see was your answer? Why, why why are they why are they so much better offensively at home? I think I think the, can't be the crowd thing, can be the crowd. Chick Fil A. It's, it's not the crowd. I think that it's uh it's it's simply the fact that I mean the Wizards role players are bad. And bad players tend to play better at home. I yeah, think that, that I it? think that it's I think it's as simple as that, you know. And when those guys get on I'm the sure road, go, you know, I'm sure we could go into the numbers to see like exactly why that drop off is happening, right? Like, like yeah, no, players. yeah, I think that you know that that's just the players they have are a little bit subpar, uh, the role players, and they're they're going to tend to play a lot better at home. So, you know, I think that you know, I, but I can honestly say though. Um, you know, I've got a chance to cover a few games uh, over this 10-game home winning streak. And, you know, there has been a market difference in the Verizon Center crowd. You know, the... the you wrote you know, about it in the every, Pacers game, actually. Yeah, that Pacers game, I mean, that... I mean, it was rocking like a real NBA arena. You know, it was like something that you watch, you know, on, on NBA TV. People, when they're left, in, uh, people left really happy last night when Wall hit that game winner, right? Ex- exactly, exactly. So I think that... You know this this team, you know, is is allowing the fans to kind of get behind them, and you know, as long as they're putting on a good product on the floor, they're 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 coming to realize that you know DC fans, you know, they're they're a little fickle, but you know they they they, they like to see greatness. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Troy, the last the games coming up, they play Philly at home, uh, Portland at MLK Day. They play Memphis next week at home. Then at the Knicks, at Detroit, 
Uh, we don't really have to get into all those games, but anything that stands out to you on these next five games be, uh, before we I go? I think that this 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 Philadelphia game on Saturday is is a critical game because you know you can't wait you know you know damn near fourteen months to get over the five hundred hump and then go back down to five hundred by losing and the then, fucking Sixers. <laughs> exactly, you can't you can't go below five hundred by losing to the fucking Sixers. Yeah. So I think that this. That that will be the the telling point of the season, you know. If this team is supposedly for real, if they are who we think they are or who we want them to be, you know, there's no way they can lose to this uh, Philadelphia 76ers team. Yeah, I agree. And in Memphis, you know, has played you know pretty well this year. Yeah, Me- Me- Memphis has played pretty well, and Portland there. I mean, they're they're susceptible right now to yeah. to getting the buckets dropped on them. I think they've got one of the worst defenses in the league. Yeah, they're so and 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 the Wizards kind of owe them for uh, MLK Day from last, last year. year. Yeah, they smoked them. It was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> and it was. Yeah, I, think, the, I think you and I covered that game. <laughs> it was it was bad. It was depressing. Yeah, no, you know, the thing, yeah, and the Wizards have actually always played pretty well at home at MLK Day, and I'm glad that they're back again this season. The NBA has recognized that. Uh, you should maybe have a home NBA yeah. game at the city that you can walk a mile to the memorial of MLK. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, ho- hopefully, if there are any uh, NBA dignitaries out there listening, man, get the damn Wizards on national TV because because John Wall is is showtime. So yeah. I mean, they're, they're 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 taking Wizards games away from national TV instead of adding them on. So that that that's a Whole another story for a whole another podcast. Oh, that's so. a whole other <laughs> podcast, dude. I can go for the whole rant. We didn't even get into the whole John Wall All Star shit because I didn't want to go into that yet. But I think I... that I think that John Wall is definitely going to be an All Star. So I don't even. I'm not even worried about that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, Troy, any any of the last parting things? Anything you want to pump up or let the people know, or anything you got going on, or games you're covering upcoming? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll actually be covering the uh, the Philadelphia game. I'm looking forward to uh, getting into the uh, Sixers locker room, talking to Joel and Beat, asking them about the process, and you know wh- whether he's still trying to get that date with Rihanna. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that, and uh, you know, like I said, I think that's an important bas- basketball game too. So, you know, if if it'll be a lot better if the Wizards can you know kind of handle business, get back over that 500 hump, and kind of you know. At least for the fan base, you know, solidify some some confidence in the team, you know, going forward. Dude, that sounds uh, outstanding. Well, Troy, dude, thanks, bro, man. I really appreciate it. me and you once again. Uh, we, I mean, yeah, but we, yeah. we, we talk about fights. I was trying to keep this to to the low, and I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'll just, no, put, I, maybe I'll just we, put this whole <laughs> podcast. Even, even though the schedule, how fucked up is the schedule? Where. They just play these back to backs, and then now there's no game till Saturday night. Like, what the hell? You know, it makes no sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> but, you, but you know what, man? We, we we honestly cannot complain because the scheduling gods have kind of blessed us. Because you know, we we, we got a week where we missed Giannis, we missed uh, yes. you know Jimmy Butler. Oh, no, yeah. tonight. Tonight we even oh, they missed lost, Avery, they Avery Bradley. They <laughs> oh, they would have lost. They, oh yeah, Avery Bradley was out. Was, this. Yeah, I forgot to mention that, but whatever. Yeah, you're right. You're right. In the sense that the schedule guys have been nice, nice to them. But, but Troy, uh, I just want to uh, also tell you, you know, I've been covering this team since 2010. Uh, truth about it, writing a bunch of stuff. I mean, half the shit I've wrote for this site 
throughout the years. I forgot. And you, Brian, this year you guys have done great work. You've been busting your ass, writing a bunch of badass shit. So I just want to let you know that. Uh, I would tell hey, you that. Pri- I would tell you that privately, but you know, hey, we're we're kind of talking privately. You just happen to have a microphone and recording this. But, <laughs> I, but, but, I, I but appreciate, it's true. I like, appreciate and, that, man. And I've and I've seen your your writing develop as well. Like I've seen your takes and your points and. Uh, I've seen a very good maturation uh, in you know, not as, not as, not you know as long as you know we talk about out of Porter's maturation, but in a good part you know you always were a really good writer, but uh, I've I've seen your your voice uh, come out uh, this year, so I just want to commend you on that. Hey man, I greatly appreciate that, Adam. Man, me, me and Brian are trying to be the, the the new young young gunners, trying to take over. You know, at least. I know, I know. Uh, everybody else, you know, Kyle and Rashad, they they got the married life. They they got they they don't have the time yeah. that they used I, to I, have. I, so. I'm, the, I'm just the old single guy. <laughs> I, I'm like different. I'm just old and curmudgeon like them. Where like you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, no, no, I'm you, still hollering, yeah. right? no. Hey, hey. I, honestly, I've gone out to to functions with you, man. You you you're definitely not watched in the game, man. So uh, uh. <laughs> give your give yourself plenty of credit. You you can hang with the best of them. Hey man, just, just, you know it's just me and Vince Carter out there in these streets, you know, just trying to hey. me, Jason, me, Jason Terry, just trying to make it happen. Just, You're you know, Jason Terry like, making it, making it happen, <laughs> dropping dimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason Terry, Jabari Parker, pick and rolls, making the Wizards struggle. Uh, hey man, uh, hey man, you you know. you savvy vetting it up right now, man. I'm 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 uh, I'm I'm taking pointers. <laughs> is, is, is Vince Carter the oldest? Is he the oldest person in the NBA? Who's the oldest? I think to, I think today was his 40th birthday. <laughs> was it really? Was it really? Yeah, yeah. They had the uh, the ESPN game. They played OKC. Oh God! Yeah, oh, this should Chauncey. make fun. This should make fun yeah. forever. Yeah, Chauncey, Jalen, and Tracy McGrady were kind of making fun of the fact pretty, that he turned. Pretty, it's pretty incredible that he's in the league as a wing player, though. Yeah, he's, as a wow. wing player, you know. know. It, even more than Jameson, I, even though Jameson, I guess, had bad bad knees, but I never saw that happening. Yeah, yeah, v, VC's a quality uh, role player, man. Maybe a... Uh, Maybe in Memphis will go ahead and give them up too in a trade. <laughs> well, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm role players. I'm role players out there for the ladies as well. But uh, Troy, uh, thank you so much for your support and uh, coming on here. And yeah, every- thank, thank you for having me, man. You uh, know, avid listener. So <laughs> de- de- definitely. And everyone, uh, we've rambled on. Hopefully, you're entertained. Hopefully, you're educated. Uh, tell your friends. Tell your family. Uh, word of mouth is always good. And you know, hey, this team is in a better place than we thought. There's obviously a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of things to bitch about, which is why we've been on this podcast for hours and hours. But uh, hopefully you were informed, you laughed, uh, you didn't cry like I made you cry last podcast. But yeah, as, as, tear, tear as, up, young Polish kid out there. Yeah, yeah, your eyes out. <laughs> exactly. As always, go, go Wizards. Wizards. <laughs> Peace out. All right. Adam.
Spoken 